The St. Louis Cardinals DFA'd one of their top power-hitting prospects and claimed a 27-year-old first baseman. And the question most people are asking is, why? Let's see if we can figure that out together on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Hafford, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter X at J.D. Sports Radio. You can follow the podcast on Twitter X as well at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube if you want to check out the visual aspects of this show. Uh, what do we got here to offer you today? I've got my my hamburger phone from last year. I've got the Ozzy Smith bobblehead. It's got the floating glove. Uh, we've got some Arenado and Goldschmidt jerseys in the background, Cardinal memorabilia, stuff like that. Plus, there's a we would throw up pictures and stats and stuff as well. So uh, if you haven't seen us on YouTube yet, come check us out. Subscribe, comment. That way you're interacting with us. Hit the notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode is being brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. So in 2022, the Cardinals appear to have I don't know, maybe <laughs> uncovered a, a possible power hitting treasure for themselves and uh, ended up getting them from the Tampa Bay Rays, right? Which is a team that if you're going to steal a young guy from, Rays might be a good spot to look. They have some pretty good young talent um, pretty much every year. But uh, the Tampa Bay Rays had released this guy, and that was after 2021 where he hit just 171, eight home runs, 115 strikeouts in 76 games. You can see why they're like, eh, moving on. Well, the Cardinals signed him to a minor league deal and then sent him to AA Springfield to start the year in 2022. And that is when the name Moises Gomez became popular among Cardinals reporters, Cardinals fans. Uh, the dude went bonkers. He explodes, hitting 321 with 23 dingers, 54 RBIs, and he does all of that in just 60, 60 games. 60 games. That's it. OPS, 1.106. OBP at 401. The slugging, 705, all of which were by far and away career highs for Moises Gomez. He did strike out 90 times, but the rest of those numbers were so inflated that you can kind of live with the strikeouts when you are hitting the ball. You're doing as much damage as Moises Gomez was doing. And we all thought that the Cardinals unlocked something that the Rays couldn't. What did they figure out? Holy cow, did we just pull a fast one on Tampa Bay? Not so fast, my friend. Next step was AAA. Let's get him to the AAA level, see what he can do next. Well, Gomez plays 60 games for Memphis. It's 266, 16 home runs. 40 RBIs and the other numbers, they dipped. OPS drops to 881, OBP to 340, slugging down to 541. But AAA is better than AA. So there's probably going to be a little bit of, uh, of drop in all of his numbers because it's better competition. Plus, 
what he did at double A was just so good. The regression was inevitable, right? Like he's not going to keep up that pace. That's crazy stuff. Um, but on the year as a complete hole with his time at double A and triple A finishes with a 294 batting average. It's an organizational record, 39 home runs, drives in 94, had an OPS of 996, OBP 371. He slugged 624. But with all of those numbers, again, comes the strikeouts, an ugly number, 174 of those. Again, the other numbers make the whiff rate a bit easier to swallow, but still, it's not something that you just brush off as like no big deal. I mean, you got to work on that, right? You got to put the ball in play. So it's not as if it didn't exist altogether. Still, the other numbers were enough to earn him co-minor league player of the year in the Cardinals organization, along with another guy that you might have heard of, Jordan Walker. Kind of a big deal. Uh, the question was coming into 2023, can he do it again? Can he do it again? Can he hit just as well or even, heaven forbid, can he improve? Can he improve with a full year at Memphis? That was the real question. And I, like many others, were, were very curious uh, to see what he could do in spring training. I'd never seen him play live before, so we were going to get a chance to see him in spring training to see if he could actually keep up with uh, you know some of the major league talent that would be in spring training camp before the season started. I wanted to see the power firsthand. I wanted I wanted to see this guy hitting tank shots, 440 over the wall in left field down in Jupiter. But we didn't get to see any of that. None. In his 33 at-bats in the spring, Gomez hits 242, no home runs, just one RBI, and he strikes out 16 times. So it was really disappointing. I, I was bummed out. I was hoping that we would see something spectacular happen, that we'd be like, yeah, we nailed one, finally. But uh didn't happen. So he goes to Memphis last year. And while the power numbers were, were still prevalent, he smacks 30 dingers last year. Like, that's good. 567 plate appearances, 30 home runs. But the batting average, down 232. OBP, down 293. Uh, the slugging goes to 457. The OPS falls to 750. And those strikeouts, well, they uh, pretty much stayed the same. 180 strikeouts. So actually more than last year. But he had you know more at-bats. But 180 of them. So Gomez is, let's start with the positive. Gomez is 69 home runs across the last two major league or minor league baseball seasons, second most in the minors. Okay. That's great. 33% strikeout rate though is the highest among qualified players in the Cardinal system over that same span. So that's bad. Now, last year at the major league level, we saw the Cardinals deal with a bunch of injuries, right? We had uh, O'Neill, Newbar, and Carlson all missing big chunks of playing time because of different injuries. It allowed Jordan Walker to play more, which was good. That was the right move. We wanted to see that. Alec Burleson was in the mix there. Tommy Edmond out of nowhere becomes your center fielder, which appears to have paid off because it looks like he's going to stick there. Uh, but then you saw guys like, you know, Richie Palacios, who I'm not saying anything bad about Richie Palacios, but I mean, he, had to, he claimed him off waivers and he ended up playing a ton down the stretch. And then uh, you saw Oscar Mercado. I saw him playing for the Cardinals last year, letting fly balls bounce off his glove and go over the wall for a home run. I know it's a cheap shot at Oscar. I'm sorry, but it happened. And I was there and couldn't believe my eyes that it happened. But anyway, just a couple of guys that uh, saw playing time. And even in the final month of the year, when, you know, hope all hope was gone, the Cardinals are, are done. No Moises Gomez on the 40-man roster, but they never called him up. They never even gave him a chance to play at the major league level which kind of hinted at how the team felt about him and his future. According to reports, Gomez 
still has two minor league options remaining. And despite the the power, which is clearly real, you can't take that away from him. He really doesn't offer much else. He doesn't. Fangraphs, Baseball America, both credited Gomez with 70 grade raw power. Uh, that's on that uh, 20 to 80 scale. So 70, obviously very, very good. Uh, but put a 40 on his uh, hitting tool while Fangraphs had him at 30. So they don't really think he's a very good hitter. He, he just, you know, when he gets a hold of one, he can hit it a long way. Personally, I was surprised that he got DFA'd, but low contact rate, little to no defensive skills, it, it, that makes it tough to crack a lineup. And if you're going to say, well, what about being a DH, being the designated hitter? Okay, fair enough. Um, you've got Wilson Contreras, who's obviously going to do some DHing this year. Did a lot of it last year. We'll probably do uh, a bunch of it again this year so they can have Yvonne Herrera behind the plate. Uh, Nolan Gorman is, uh, is going to get a lot of DH time. You've still got Brendan Donovan, who utility guy coming off the elbow. Uh, probably see some time at DH. Uh, Luke and Baker. Yeah, Luke and Baker is still around. And I'm sure you're at the same time going to try to get Arenado and Goldie off their feet when you can get them uh, some extra rest by not having to take the field as much. You know, they aren't getting any younger. So not a lot of room there at the DH spot either. The reason a move was necessary is because the Cardinals claimed first baseman outfielder Alfonso Rivas off of waivers. Okay, so this is where we're like, well. Who'd they get in exchange for Moises Gomez if he if he was deemed, you know, not worthy of being on the 40-man anymore? Who'd you bring back? Uh, well, Alfonso Rivas is the answer, and there's not a whole lot to be excited about with Alfonso Rivas, but we're going to talk about him, introduce him to you next year on Locked on Cardinals. Looking to eat better in 2024, but you got you know you have trouble figuring out the the foods to get. And let's be honest, you don't really feel like cooking, do you? Then get it started on your new year resolutions with Factor. Factor's ready to eat meal delivery takes the stress out of meal planning and it sets you up for success in the new year. You can skip the grocery stores, the prep work, which can drive people nuts, and cooking fatigue in general. Like some people just don't like doing it, and that's okay. Instead, Get chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door with over 35 meals to choose from per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more, plus over 55 weekly add-ons. You'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. Because if you're like me, I want to eat healthier too, but I don't feel like putting on all the work to make a healthy meal. But if it's there for me, I'm more than happy to eat better. I know it's the smart thing to do. This is where Factors comes in. Factors two-minute meals are your secret weapon in the new year. Fuel up fast with restaurant-quality meals all delivered right to your door. And they now offer loads of snack options like breakfast, smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep you going no matter what's on the schedule. And I'm like that too. I like the quick, easy access things where I'm in, I'm out, and I'm on my way with the rest of my day. Factor's got you covered there, too. So skip the overpriced takeout. Trap Factor is cheaper and way more delicious than takeout. Get chef-crafted restaurant-quality meals delivered right to your door. They're ready to heat and eat in just two minutes, which means more time for you to go and do things that you enjoy doing, like listening to the Locked on Cardinals podcast. I'm kidding. I'm sure there's other things you like to do. But whatever they are, now you'll have the time for it. So head to factormeals.com slash Locked on MLB 50 and use code locked on MLB 50 to get 50% off. That's code locked on MLB 50 at factormeals.com slash 
Locked on MLB 50 to get 50% off. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Day is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. You want to hear about the Blues? We got you going. Five-game winning streak. Who's having fun now? That's right. Uh, all of the different coaching changes going on in the NFL got you covered. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. And again, thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Leave your comments on anything that we discuss on this show, on YouTube, as well as on Twitter, X anytime you want. Feedback, always welcome and encouraged. We're going to get to some of those uh, comments here in just a few minutes. First, uh, let's talk about the corresponding move with designating Moises Gomez for assignment. The Cardinals claimed Alfonso Rivas off of waivers from the Angels. John Denton uh, is where I got uh, most of this background about him because I'll be honest, I didn't know much about this guy. I'd never heard of him, but Rebus is 27 years old. So my first thought is, okay, 27? So not like some young guy looking to catch his first break in the league. You know, he, he'd been around a little while. Uh, he hits and fields left-handed, and the Cardinals have been in the market, according to Denton, for more left-handed hitting behind Nolan Gorman, Brendan Donovan, Lars Newbar, Alec Burleson, plus switch hitters Tommy Edmond and Dylan Carlson. Uh, Rivas played parts of two seasons with the Cubs before appearing in 48 games with the Padres and Pirates last season. You can see on YouTube right now a, a picture of him in his Pirates jersey blowing a bubble. So he likes chewing gum. We know that now, too. Uh, he's appeared in 167 career MLB games, posting a slash line of 243, 324, 349, 673 with seven home runs and 43 RBIs. Uh, Denton continues here saying something that also likely adds to Rivas's appeal to the Cardinals. He has one minor league option still available. Uh, he also threw out the fact that Rivas played baseball at La Jolla. I guess that's how you say it. La Jolla Country Day High School in California, which uh, is the same place that Tommy Edmond played. So they were there at the same time. Edmond went on to play at Stanford, as most of you know, while Rivas went to Arizona and uh, was a part of the Pac-12 there. So um, there, there's really not a, a way to sugarcoat what Rivas is. Um, there's nothing all that special or exciting sounding about Alfonso Rivas. I'm sure he's a good guy. They wouldn't bring in somebody who is a pain in the butt. Um, but it, it really is just another depth move at the minor league level that hardly really a blip on the radar for normal fans like this isn't going to mean anything to somebody who isn't really locked in to the Cardinals I mean I know you're watching or listening to a locked on podcast but this isn't somebody that hey keep an eye on this guy he's going to do something down the road I, I'm not going to tell you to do that whatsoever I'm certainly not going to lose my ish over this move though either to me it, it, it's not about what they brought onto the 40-man roster it's just a shame of what they had to get rid of that they're going to get rid of a guy who just a year ago was your co-player of the year honors in your organization in the minor leagues. And it's unfortunate that that guy didn't elevate his game enough last year. In fact, he regressed in many ways and uh, he didn't get any better to a point where the team was willing to allow him to stay on the 40 man. And now they're like, Hey, somebody else wants you, man. Uh, they're going to claim you. So and to do it so that a journeyman first baseman slash outfielder 
who really hasn't had that much success at the major league level, pretty much anywhere in his pro career. Man, you go look at his numbers, you're not like, woo, there's something. There's really not all that much down there from what he's done, but it was enough that they were like, they're ready to move on from Moises Gomez and, and let this guy ha- have a shot as a part of their their depth in the organization. Uh, I saw a lot of people online bringing up Adolis Garcia and how the team in a similar way gave up on him and are like, look what happened now, you know? Um, and that's fine. You can make all the jokes you want about that stuff. It's great because the Cardinals have earned it when they make mistakes as big as they have with certain players like Adolis Garcia, they should be made fun of. You should rip them and that's fine. And uh, they'll, they'll have to live with that. You know, you screw up that bad. That's what happens. And I've done it plenty (laughs) over the last couple of seasons. Even before Garcia went off last year in the playoffs, like I've been talking about him since he became a regular on the Rangers. Like, I feel like they gave up on him too quick. And then, you know, he explodes in the playoffs this year. Um, And maybe Gomez goes on to do something similar and become something for someone else. But I would I would say this, okay, when you look at the stats and you look at what his numbers are and you like the power, you know, 69 home runs, two seasons, awesome, right? But everything else, especially contact, you're missing the ball as much as he does at double-A and triple-A. What do you think major league pitching is going to do to him? Like, you got a taste of that in the spring training, you know, where you saw him flailing and just looking overmatched and I don't remember exactly which pitchers he was facing I don't know if they were all major leaguers or they're double a guys triple a whatever but he he didn't look good he didn't and if he proves us wrong so be it right when you look at the outfield depth chart I mean Juan Yepes I I I would I think most of us would agree that Juan Yepes is a better hitter and ball player than Moises Gomez and Juan Yepes was deemed expendable a guy who has shown power at the major league level and in the minors has hit at the major league level was a better outfielder for sure. And if that guy's not making the cut would Gomez, despite the power that I know opens our eyes and we were like, whoo, as great as it is, what, what, what does Gomez have to offer that would make him the guy that they keep around and let a Juan Yepes go? Doesn't make a lot of sense, right? So I, I can see why it happened. Gomez wasn't going to make the team. Too many guys in front of him. So in the grand scheme of things, it really is not going to affect the major league roster much. And there's still a chance. I mean, I'm not saying that his career as a Cardinal is over. There's still a chance that he clears waivers and decides to stick in the organization. That's still a possibility. We don't know what's going to happen, but uh, it, it could still become a reality. But as of right now, It doesn't seem like that's going to happen, and we'll have to wait and see. I would imagine that some other team would try to take a chance on him after seeing what he did power numbers-wise and see if they can fix him as far as the contact rate goes. But if that happens, good luck with that (laughs) because he's never shown the ability to uh, put the ball in play enough to uh, make the home runs worthwhile. You know, if he's going, you know, striking out at a 33% clip, That's just not going to cut it. It's not. And he's not even in the major leagues yet. He's doing that at double-A and triple-A. So, anyway, we're going to get into fan reaction about about this move a little bit. But more importantly, the Tyler O'Neill comments. I want to jump into that from our last show 
uh, because, you know, people had a lot to say about it. And uh, there were some well thought out responses to what went on. So uh, we'll get into that next year on Locked on Cardinals. Let's get the FanDuel up there. There we go. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And if you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday, all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks and placing some super bets. Sure, I wish my Packers were in it. Sure, I wish uh, my wife's favorite team, the Cincinnati Bengals, were in it. But they're not. It is the Chiefs. It is the 49ers. Uh, our household is pulling for Kansas City, my uh, my brother lives in Kansas City and has become a, a Chiefs fan since moving there. So um, I'm excited for him. I called him yesterday. I was like, dude, how do you bet against Patrick Mahomes? I mean, they go on the road and they beat the Bills and they go on the road and, uh, and take out Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Like, what is it about the 49ers struggling at home to get by the Packers and the Lions that makes you think that Patrick Mahomes and company aren't going to win this game? He, he, he was, of course, he liked to hear that. Um, and FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W, like we think the Chiefs are going to, or two, or three, because there's so many ways that uh, you can bet. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for, like, which players are going to score a touchdown, how many points are going to be scored, ton of them in there. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So let's dig into some of the uh, fan reaction on the uh, Gomez, DFA, and Rivas getting claim move, and uh, also some thoughts on the Tyler O'Neill comments. So let's start with uh, the Gomez-Rivas stuff. Walt Mosby says, I understand Gomez's release. In my opinion, this is just a waste of a pickup. Rivas brings nothing to the Cardinals. 34.3% K rate, unplayable versus left-handed pitching, 27 years old, waived three times since season ended. What are they thinking? First base in AAA, first base in AAA means Luke and Baker is up or gone. Now, I wish I had a great answer for you when it comes to why or what they like about Revis. I really don't. But as John Denton pointed out in his article, the team was apparently looking for left-handed depth in the organization. That's that's it. That's all I got for you. And as far as Luke and Baker goes, because Luke and Baker was somebody that I loved rooting for last year. I was really hoping that when he did get called up, finally, that you know he would prove to everybody that he could handle Major League Pitching and that what he was doing at AAA was not a fluke. I really wanted to see that. Um, now, granted, he did not get consistent at-bats at the major league level last year. So I don't know how difficult that was, but you hear about it all the time where it's hard to get in a groove when you're not playing every day. And Baker ended up with 99 plate appearances, hit just 209 at the major league level with two home runs, 10 RBIs, 13 walks, and 31 strikeouts. That is Moises Gomez strikeout rate material right there. 
So that's something that obviously was a problem, and you got to keep an eye on that. Um, only had 76 strikeouts and 380 plate appearances at Memphis. So it's not like this has been a problem for him. He's never struck out at that high of a rate, which is why the Gomez strikeout rate was so alarming. Um, it's just likely not going to get any better at the major league level for Gomez. But with Baker, I wonder if it was just, you know, hey, he just gets his first time up in the show, wasn't playing every day was adjusting the things, and um, I don't know. There are, there are a hundred different reasons why he might have struggled. But um, I, I I don't really know what the plan is for Luke and Baker. I, I don't know what they're going to do with him. Um, whether he makes the major league roster, if he goes back to Memphis, I, I really don't know. Do, do they use him as trade bait and stuff? I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I'm not going to get any answers on that probably until the spring. So uh, spring training begins, what, February 14th? So we're like two weeks away. Maybe we'll get some more answers uh, around then. But uh, I, I honestly don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with Luke and Baker yet. Uh, we do know what they did with Tyler O'Neill. Shipped him off for some pitching. So let's move on to some of the uh, Tyler O'Neill, Ali Marmel comments from our last episode. Uh, whose side were you on? What did you think of what O'Neill said? And uh, a lot of responses here. Hillbilly Patriot one says, I think the Tyler O'Neill incident needed to be addressed by Ollie, but it should have been in house. We, the fans and public didn't need to know about it. In my humble opinion, Uh blogger sniffle says, I think Ollie was, I love these names. I think Ollie was right to call him out, but I'm not sure the timing arena was the best. I also don't know everything that happened behind the scenes. It's possible. There were other events leading up to this that inspired Ollie and maybe Mo and others to take this public shame approach. Katie Shorty Bowles, ooh, I'm glad it said Bowles and not the A, uh, says Tyler got a raw deal and it was completely unprofessional to publicly out him. I don't believe he was hustling, but he might have been trying to take it easy so he didn't get injured. I also don't believe that he is safe even if he hustles the whole way. With that being said, I'm happy he's gone along with Jack, which I assume he's talking about or she is talking about Jack Flaherty. That uh, Glad that both of them... Uh, have found new homes and they're not in St. Louis anymore. Uh, a lot of people felt that way. Uh, Dennis Haas says, I think O'Neill was a scapegoat for Marmol's screw up in the 2022 playoffs against the Phillies. Marmol needed to get respect and thought calling him out would get respect only to backfire. Uh, Marmol tried to embarrass O'Neill like a child to motivate him. You can do that to a high school player, maybe a college player, but not a professional. Talk to him. Behind closed doors, man-to-man. If it was about lack of hustle, how many times did the Cardinals outfielders not hustle to the ball that allowed the hitter to take second base? And how many more of these? I mean, there's hundreds of them in here. How about one more? We got time for one more. Yes. Uh, Time Elias says, I think in T.O.'s case, the arb arbitration is what he's saying there. The arbitration case got in his head. The team would bring up injuries to cut costs on the contract, which is normal arbitration crap. I'm guessing instead of going full out, he thought either he wouldn't be sent or Acuna wouldn't throw. He was, in my opinion, trying to pick his spots to prevent injuries. The arbitration situation really pisses off players in many cases. Um, I mean, none of you guys are wrong here like in your feelings on this. I think we're all kind of sharing the same thoughts that uh, there was some blame on both sides. Whether Tyler was hustling or not, I mean, I, he comes around third, and when he sees the throws coming in, kicks it into another gear. So should have probably been in that gear to start with. But again, you're talking about a rainy night. We're talking about a lot of leg injuries. 
probably didn't think that Acuna was coming home with it. Either way, a lot of excuses for that. Um, and you can see why Ali would be upset about that. But at the same time, you can talk to Tyler about that without, uh, you know, bringing it up in front of the cameras. And somebody pointed that out. They were like, well, he didn't just like bring it up. He was asked a question about it and just answered it. And that's true. He, he was. It's not like Ali came out and go, first things first, I want to sit here and talk about the lack of hustle from Tyler O'Neill. That's not what he did. <laughs> he was asked a question. And he gave a response, and he should have been, and as much as we don't like to hear, he should have just gave the boring answer, right? The boring answer would have been, uh, it's something that uh, Tyler and I will talk about. You know, we always want to be hustling 100%, and uh, maybe his leg was bothering. We'll, we'll talk about it, and uh, we'll figure out. But, uh, you know, we hope to, you know, to get that run in. It was kind of important time of the game and whatever, you know, he could have done a boring ass answer and we wouldn't have had any other stuff. And then him and Tyler could have talked about it. Maybe things would have went a little more smoother last season, but we'll never know. All I can say is, is that uh, I think we're all disappointed in the way it all went down. And like I've said before in previous episodes, I'm just hoping that it's a positive learning experience for, for Ollie, for the team, for O'Neill. And anyone else who was involved, you know, we all make mistakes. And the difference on uh, being a good leader and a, and, a, and a better person is learning from those mistakes and using the information that you've gathered in a positive manner moving forward. So hopefully that's what ends up happening for everybody involved. Um, again, thank you for all the comments for uh, on, on any episode. Again, Make sure you're being a part of this. Your voice is heard here at Locked on Cardinals. I promise you, I read them. So thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. If you haven't already, please give us a follow on Twitter X at LO underscore Cardinals and a JD Sports Radio. Like, subscribe on YouTube to help our channel and love for the Cardinals grow. Again, we're going to be going full time here real, real soon as we start gearing up for spring training. So uh, make sure you're a part of that. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason. And I will see you next time on Locked on Cardinals.